guys, this is The Angry Pepper. Today's episode, episode 121, will be on the New York City flooding and the lessons we learn. So, let's start out with the horrendous flooding we saw last week. New York City has never seen anything like that in its existence, actually. And with that being said, there hasn't been massive flooding other than Hurricane Sandy and Irene, and both of those were coastal. The middle of certain areas away from the coast flooded. So in the Bronx, more senior area, flooded pretty badly. And that was because the water backflowed through the drains and the waste pipes into people's apartments. So people were getting sewage in their apartments. And this was pretty much all over the city. There were major flooding in areas in Queens where people have drowned in their apartments. Now, I think the number of deaths between New York City and New Jersey is up to 42 deaths. When I recorded this for the Angry Pepper YouTube channel, it was 25 deaths. So, again, guys, there was a lot of people that had, uh, you know, passed away because of the storm, and we've never seen anything like this. Also, keep in mind, the death rate was up from the Louisiana hurricane. When, sorry, Hurricane Ida hit Louisiana, I think there were seven deaths or something like that. Here in New York City, we are up to 42 deaths. So keep that in mind that it didn't even hit us at hurricane strength. It hit us at a tropical storm strength, and we were, um, we got a good spanking from that, if you will. So, all five boroughs in New York City were hit with remnants of Hurricane Ida, which at the time was a tropical storm. 42 people died between New York and New Jersey. We're also counting Westchester, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. If you count Pennsylvania and Maryland, I think the death is up to 44. Death uh, tolls up to 44. I think 20-something people have died. No, sorry, 13 people died in New York City in itself due to flooding in their basement apartments. So a lot of people guys died because they were trapped in their basement apartments. One person was found dead on the Grand Central Parkway inside their car. So either they couldn't get out or their car was completely submerged and they wind up drowning inside their car. Now, once the car, sorry, once the water gets to your battery, and conks the car out, all the electronics in your car are rendered dead and useless. That's including your power windows. So you should definitely have a seatbelt cutter and emergency glass breaker in your car for this kind of incident. You should also have it in your car in case an EMP goes, you know, pops off, if you will, and you're locked inside your car. You're also going to need to let yourself out of your car because your doors might not open because the EMP fried all the electronics in your car. A family of, I think it was five now, they were the first reported case of people dying in their basement apartment. That included a two-year-old. So my issue with this whole people being trapped inside their homes was that at what point did they say, oh shit, it's too late? Because guys, listen, uh, some of the apartments we went into we were ankle deep then waist deep it was like no happy medium 
And then the next apartment building we went into, we were chest deep in water. And when I mean we, I mean the guys I was working with in the fire department on the fire truck. Uh, again, at some point when the water reaches your knees, you should be like, yo, we got to get the fuck out of here. I don't know why hanging out was still an option, but nonetheless, people died because either they made a poor choice or the water just rushed in. Now, there is a video that you can see on the Angry Prepper channel on the NYC flooding and lessons we learned on there. You can look at that uh, video and you'll see a clip that I found where a guy was walking in his apartment and the back wall of his apartment gave out and all the water came rushing in. Now, in that instance, yes, I can see why people died, but that didn't happen to everyone. So I'm still a little uh, boggled as to why and how these people died in their basement apartments. Remember, whenever there's flooding, people normally leave. So I don't know why this was any different, but clearly it was because more people died. You had one person who was also killed in Westchester because of uh, raging floods, right? So a flash flood caught them, washed them down the road. 12 people uh, in New Jersey had died from the storm. Four of them were found in the same apartment complex, but I'm not sure as to if they were in the same apartment or the same apartment complex, which is just the entire building or the building rather, sorry. Another older man, 70 years old, was killed in his car because the floodwaters carried his car away. I'm assuming he also got submerged and then wind up dying. So again, guys, seatbelt cutter, glass breaker, something you absolutely need in your car, especially being that this is not going to be the last time we see these kind of uh, events. You had a 19-year-old who was found dead in his apartment complex in Rockville, Maryland. You had three other people found dead in Jersey. One was killed by a tree, one who drowned in his car as well, and another in their home. So other places were affected, but guys, not as bad as New York City or Jersey for that matter, right? So for some reason, we had the greatest death toll. And again, guys, this is the middle of New York. So it wasn't like, again, like you were by the Hudson River or the East River, which also flooded in those areas as well. Uh, seeing these types of flooding in the more centralized area was the weird thing. Right. And it was just weird because we've never seen anything like it. And again, I've been through multiple hurricanes growing up in the city. I've worked during Irene and Sandy, and we didn't see anything close to what we saw uh, during Hurricane Ida. Now, subways were affected by this. Homes, as we discussed, and businesses were affected by the flooding. So now a lot of businesses are still struggling to open, though a lot of businesses lost their I guess, supplies that they had in the basement. Now, a lot of the businesses here in New York or major cities, if you will, they have basement storage. It's where they, they store their excess supplies. And with that, a lot of those places flooded, right? Their drains backed up into their uh, storage area, if you will, basement storage area, and they lost all their supplies. That, again, guys, it, it damages, it can, it can damage a business. And I know that there's an emergency relief fund for a lot of these businesses and homes. So you have to do your research if you are one of the people who are affected by this and you're listening, do yourself a favor and go on nyc.gov and look up uh, the emergency disaster relief funds they have, if I'm not mistaken, for businesses and homes.
There was also, interestingly enough, a tornado warning, which we've had tornado warnings here in New York City, but an actual tornado appeared, or tornadoes, sorry, appeared in New Jersey. So again, never in my life have I seen a tornado appear in New Jersey. Now, some people are going to argue this isn't climate change, and it's not climate, it's not global warming. It's something, guys. If you are still in denial about climate change, global warming, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you are um, you're being either a naive or you're just being ignorant at this point because this is shit that we can't deny. Now, do I subscribe to the whole uh, climate change emergency lockdowns? Absolutely not. But nonetheless, we are seeing unprecedented events in our time. And that's just what it is, guys. Now, yes, in recorded history, if you look back, rather, sorry, you would have actually seen some of these climate changes happen. But a lot of this happened when there was either a minimum humans on this planet or no humans on this planet. So the fact that we are seeing this now in recorded history is a big difference because obviously, guys, climate changes, you know, the earth goes through its changes. That's without, without a doubt. I'm not going to sit here and act like we are the cause of this. No, I think Earth is doing this on its own. It's just a cycle that it has to go through, right? But anyway, that being said, guys, uh, 200,000 people lost power. I think maybe a little more. I think it was 250,000 people lost power. And this was across the Northeast. So it was Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut as well. Uh, people lost power, right? The FDR, like I told you guys, uh, or explained earlier, and the Bronx River Parkway were flooded and vehicles were submerged. And these two uh, parkways or highways, if you will, look like rivers. Okay, so, and guys, people had to leave their cars. They had to call 911 to be helped to leave their cars. Now, listen, if the water's not moving at a fast pace, get out of your car and walk to dry land. It's that simple. I mean, st sitting in your car in floodwaters and waiting for the fire department to come, unless the water is raging, is a bit childish, you know? Um, unfortunately, guys, you have to do your own shit. You have to become your own hero. If the water is moving fast, if it's raging, don't get out of your car. But if it's not and it's still, and we all know the difference between still water and raging water, that's when you can get out and walk to a dry land. Or even if you don't want to walk, then sit on top of your car and wait for help. But nonetheless, guys, um, the 9-11 system was overwhelmed during this whole thing. And a lot of people got an automated message stating that the 9-11 system is overwhelmed and that we would get to your call accordingly. Now, keep in mind, they were so overwhelmed, I'm 1,000% sure they're still clearing calls uh, even today. And today is September 7th, right? The 9-11 system was backed up uh, dramatically. And it was probably as bad as 9-11. 9-11, they had some crazy amount of uh, calls, something like 10,000 or 20,000 uh, calls. And they were backed up for months. And they even had something called ghost calls. That's where a 9-11 call comes through months after the event. And you can hear the person on the other end uh, talking into, the, into the, the phone, the message, if you will. And they call those ghost calls. So anyway... We're probably going to see some of that in the next couple of months, or at least the 9-11 operators are going to uh, hear a lot of that in the next couple of months. So, guys, basement apartments, they are absolutely the worst place to be in. 
That is an unacceptable living condition. I know that some of these basement apartments are now being uh, reclassified as below grade apartments because they are uh, below grade and they are apartments. They're no longer called basement apartments in some cases. And in some cases, they're illegal basement apartments, which, guys, basement apartments, whether it's legal or not, whether you change the name to below grade, it is the worst place to live. Even outside of the storm, let's take the storm out of the, the equation. When you have a pipe bursting, let's say in the third, fourth, fifth floor, where does all the water run? It runs down to the basement and it will run into your apartment. If there's a backflow of the sewage drain, it's going to back up into your apartment. So a basement apartment is by far the worst place to be. Plus, then you have all the rodents and uh, insects in your apartment as well. So if you get anything out of this podcast, do not ever look into basement apartments. Avoid it at all costs. If that is the only thing you can afford, then so be it. That's what you can afford. But keep in mind, if you can afford it, make it a short-term stay. Don't make it your living place for a long period of time. It's just a bad place to live. So guys, let's talk about the lessons learned. Now the lessons learned out of this whole thing was you plan for the worst, you hope for the best, and you adapt to the unknown or whatever comes at you. That is the lesson to be learned out of this because we all got caught with our pants down with this storm. The amount of moisture that developed between Louisiana and New York was insane. And the fact that a lot of us did not see this coming, we saw a lot of rain coming, but we didn't see this amount of flooding that we saw coming. There were flash flood warnings, but that was for the low-lying areas in New York City that normally flood when you get a lot of rain. We didn't see people's apartments in the middle of Queens and or the Bronx flooding. So if you are a prepper, you plan for the, you plan for the worst and you hope for the best. And when that unknown happened, you adapted hopefully. Now, what should you have in your car? Well, after this, guys, you're going to need a get home bag or a bug out bag, whatever you want to label it, a flood kit. And in that flood kit, you're going to have a dry bag, dry bag, glass breaker, seat belt cutter. Now, you should have a glass breaker, seat belt cutter combo. Try not to get uh, one and one because you don't want two different things in your hands. You want to have one object in your hand that can do two jobs. Uh, you can also have a change of clothes inside that dry bag. Now, dry bag guys are what people who go whitewater rafting and canoeing and spend their time on a the river. They put all their uh, belongings they want to keep dry in this dry bag. Dry bags are, are really good, man. And they also act as a floating device in an emergency. Now, a change of clothes in that dry bag, a flashlight for the obvious reasons. We saw a lot of people in the dark. Uh, putzing around in the puddle or if you will sorry the uh, floodwaters you're going to need a flashlight they have floatable floating waterproof flashlights i would advise you to get one of those it's by dorsey it's pretty cheap i'll put the link to the items in the uh, description section below also guys a first aid kit in case you injure yourself trying to get out of your car uh battery charger and cash guys cash battery charger first aid kit flashlight change of clothes all go in a dry bag and the dry bag is inside your flood kit and or your bug out bag or get home bag your glass breaker seat belt seat belt cutter combo should be in your glove compartment your glove box or in your center console 
right? So that is easily accessible. That should not be in your bag under any circumstances. All right, guys. So hopefully you got something out of this video. Um, I definitely learned a lot from this flooding, watching people get trapped, watching people get trapped in their homes, hearing people get trapped in their homes. I was like, we need a new plan because this is going to happen more. We had Hurricane Elsa. Well, when it got up here, it was like Tropical Storm Elsa. When it hit us last month, we saw major flooding in the subways. And then we had Tropical Storm or Storm Ida hit New York and fuck New York right in the ass. Right, guys? So we were caught off guard by both, and this is not going to be the last time. So you need to adapt to the ever-changing weather we are going to start seeing. Right, guys. So other than that, this is the Angry Prepper. Thank you for listening. You can like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, the Angry Prepper and the Angry Truth channel. You can also, I guess, like and subscribe to the podcast channel where we will be getting back to podcasting because I like this uh, free range talking to a mic kind of deal. Way better than talking to a camera. All right, guys. Thank you for listening.